The Horses Return They must have known they were coming home, for nothing else can explain their survival. And perhaps only that knowledge deep in their cells sustained them. Horses are animals of prey, and they like the wide open. And to be constrained on the decks in the hot sun or between decks without light or means of escape for two or three months would have overloaded their circuits. Threats hung in the air and everything was new and strange. Where once they had smelled land and grass and legumes, they now smelled salt air mixed with the galleon stench. Where once they had heard the sounds of their own hooves on the fields of Europe, they now heard the uneasy creak of wood as the giant brigantines hove through walls of water. Where once they had been calmed by the nuzzling and grooming of their band and family members in one another's manes and necks, they now were held in place with slings and hoists, touched and reassured not by their own kind, but by the men who were in charge of making sure they had safe passage. These were the horses that carried Spain to victory in the New World. During the years of the conquest, thousands of them were shipped across the Atlantic. More than half died on the way. Sometimes when rations ran low, they were killed for food. Sometimes the ships sank in hurricanes, taking the horses to a howling and watery grave, along with slaves who had been kidnapped from Africa and chained to one another in the ship's galleys. Often the ships were becalmed midway, between 30 to 35 degrees north and south of the equator. The barometric pressure often increased, and the hot, dry breezes called the westerlies stopped blowing. The procession of proud, defiant galleons would come to a halt, mired in the tropics for endless days, their massive sails limp in the blistering sun, and the cargo, man and animal alike, slowly going mad. At that point, it was time to lighten the load. The horses were removed from their slings and taken above deck. At long last, they saw light and could move freely, although they were still hobbled by their weak legs, and they probably faltered as the conquistadors urged them to the gangplank. Perhaps they felt that strange tingling of hot, dry, no wind that raises the hack on all living creatures and makes the neurons crackle and the ganglia dance, while sea monsters and dolphin pods and vast armies of seaweed growing from canyons whose rims were the ocean floor encircled the brigantines and waited. Perhaps as they drank in the air for the last time, they never felt more alive. And then they were spooked down the plank by thirsty, desperate men who cursed loudly and waved things to scare them, and they skidded down the gangway, shrieking in fear, thrown to the seas so the armada could catch the wind. And as the sea was swallowing them, the ships rose in the water, lighter now, and the sails again furled with the crackling air, and the procession left the region that sailors came to call the horse latitudes. Of course, not all the horses were jettisoned on those terrible crossings. Perhaps the ones that were passed over when the men went below decks to make their grisly selection sensed in the way that all animals have a homing instinct and generation after generation make their way back to their ancestral turf, that they would soon be home, back on the continent that had spawned them 13,000 years after they had dispersed 
and mysteriously disappeared from their birthplace. In fact, it must have been more than a sensation or a feeling. It must have been a kind of certainty that ran through their bones, down their legs, and into the ground. They would soon churn up as they headed for the range. Yes, they had to know. For how else to explain the ease and speed with which they adapted to the American desert? The thing is, they just needed a little help. Horses have a way of entering dreams and visions, even those of people who do not know exactly what they are dreaming about. Long before the Spanish conquistador Hernando Cortez and his crew began crossing the sea, Montezuma, the ruler of the Aztec Empire in the lush inland valley of Mexico, had dreamed of Quetzalcoatl. This was the fair-haired god who was said to have deserted his people. Someday he would return, the dream said, riding a fierce animal and breathing fire. And that day would mark the beginning of the end. 